0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Black Tribe slash M456 podcast. I'm not sure how we're flushing all this out. I miss my uh, my buddy John <gasps> on our M456. I haven't heard from him in a while. Hope you're well if you're listening, buddy. Love you. Um, hey guys, we want to keep going down this road on marriage, but we need to do a shout out to 719 Lending. We're in their studios There's in downtown Colorado sometimes. Springs. Marquise is a stud. She's my new friend. She's so cool. She's very cool. Um, and just shout out to patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. Uh, you can get exclusive contact there for a buck a month um, or on the journeyman community. Um, make sure you go join that. It's on Facebook. And we have our all the, the all things marriage relationships mm-hmm. as a group that's been growing pretty consistently. Um, and so Gary and Lisa Black dot com. You can get everything there. Uh, we need to re... Ferb, as we keep saying, the website, but we're gonna get there one day. If you're a web guy. We or need web help. Girl, we, we need help. Us. All right, baby, you're taking us down this road of the myths of marriage. We ended our last podcast um, with like the first one.
1: Yeah, it took up the whole time. Oh, sorry, babe. Oh.
0: <laughs> Lisa's kind of new to studios, so wow. You okay, babe? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry for the clunks. <laughs> Levi, maybe you can edit those out. Our no, production manager. It's fine,
1: Levi. People know Levi, I'm Levi, <laughs> uh,
0: Okay, babe. Talk to us about the myths of marriage. Well,
1: we just started with one and we- Okay, so let's give us out. that one. That one was that if you get married, you will live happily ever after.
0: Mm. Good. And
1: we, and we blamed um, Disney and romantic comedies for that. Yes, we did. A um, lot of stuff has come out of that. Not good. It really messes you up. Let me tell you how romantic comedies really mess you up when you're a single mom. Okay. Is you really think like you're going to go to a PTA meeting and this beautiful man is going to be sitting there who also happens to be widowed and also happens to make millions of dollars and has like one nice kid. It's and That we, never we, happens. Yeah. <laughs> Wait! I had three crazy kids. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: did, I wasn't a millionaire. You
1: didn't even know where your kids went to school. You definitely didn't go a to a nice PTA. Okay. But you're, you're thinking right. like you're just gonna live your life, and you're gonna you're gonna connect with this brain surgeon who's just been That's waiting to find you, and you were reaching for an orange at the same time in the produce department, yeah. and you happen to look hot and. Doesn't ever work like that. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work like that. Well, there you go. That's a big myth.
0: Okay, so that, and we covered it in the the last podcast. Make sure you go listen to that. So, what's the second myth?
1: Well, and the truth on that side of it was that you are in a partnership that is a life giving entity that you are going to completely keep. Your personality and your calling and your spouse is going to keep that, and you're going to bring those things together. And the the third part of your marriage is going to be the actual covenant and the life-giving entity of the purpose of your specific marriage, which Mm. is going to be different for everyone. That's good. And I feel sad for people who don't find that, and I kind of sometimes wonder. You meet people who have absolutely nothing in common. You're like, why did you think this would be fun? Like, you know, we have to fight about every. Issue or we don't agree on anything. I always think, well, okay, there's some type of attraction here, but I don't know if that's what's going to get you through the whole. Well, life. And, we, and
0: we covered that in a couple podcasts ago of covenant and contract. Mm-hmm. If you come into marriage as a contract mindset, that this just isn't working, so let's end the contract. Yeah, instead of a covenantal that we're going to grow and produce together. And it's going to be really hard sometimes. And those are the times that are going to make us. Yes. And we're going to stay in and we're, go- we're going to figure this thing out with Jesus as the core. Yes. And the Trinity of marriage. Right. Because you cannot do it. There's I just don't know how I you do marriage know. without faith. I have no idea. And all these Hollywood people who don't take their husband's last names, those marriages never work. Go look at it because you're or not coming they into. when do
1: after being together for years, it does heat things up. And so you find people are together for like eight or 10 years and then they get married and then they're divorced within a year Yes, because now it's not a contract. Right. Now it's not open-ended. Now we've actually put this to the test of a covenant and then there's no, there's, it's not substantial enough or where they think we never had this problem before. Why are we having this now? You, you've changed or I've changed and we're out of here. Yep. And then the babies are just left floundering and (laughs) heartbroken. Well, the children are the...
0: the, the, They always uh, are the victims. They're the ones that get it. Okay. Okay,
1: So another uh, myth is healthy marriages don't have conflict. Mm.
0: And we've talked about this because we know a few, not a few, a couple, one, I don't know how many young couples that don't fight. They never have conflict. And they tell us that all the time.
1: And they tell it to us, like, look at what we've accomplished. And I think, oh, y'all need to have a good conversation. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> number one, because there's nothing better than makeup sex.
1: Well, it, that that is where I think some of this comes from, is um, we're just going to keep things peaceful. Yeah. Which I, I get that, because I am definitely a person who you, hates conflict. Yes. I run from it. My blood pressure goes up. I feel uncomfortable. I get sweaty. Um, if there's any kind of conflict happening in our family, it's, it affects me emotionally. I, sometimes I don't sleep. I st- you know, so I do want to, and I would say I spent the first, believe it or not, 10 years of our marriage um, trying to keep the peace. Because you run hot. You know, I you're, do run you're hot. You're a very passionate person, which, yes. I was, which, I've, which is why I was attracted to you, is I, I was around a lot of people that were just you know, lukewarm all the time. They're just going through life. They're not really passionate about anything. And I saw that flash in your eyes. I was like, okay, I need to know what's happening there. Because I am a very passionate person. And I thought, I need a a passionate person. But I didn't like the conflict that came with the passion. Yes. I didn't like any kind of arguing or any of those things. And I would often, and this is what I think when we, we meet with couples, I'd be like, we've never had a fight Is I was swallowing all of my personal desires and my opinions and my fears and not bringing them up because I didn't want there to be any kind of explosion and I wanted things to be peaceful. And so for years, I wasn't really being fully myself, which you probably wish that (laughs) that girl. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Uh, no,
0: I—I I mean, I thought as a young married man, that's what I wanted. Yeah, to just comply and
1: I tried to go
0: along for the ride. Let's go move to Africa. Let's go.
1: I was all in for all that stuff. I think that I—I I didn't do anything I didn't want to do, but uh, well, that's not true. I—I <laughs> I did a lot of things that made me nervous, which was okay because I needed to be pushed that way. I think that just um, conflict that was there was an issue in our family that came up on a regular basis and would get heightened and then we just needed it to go away and it get heightened and we would just need it to go away. But um, nobody was really listening to me when I was seeing this problem developing in our family and I was very concerned about it. And I was basically kind of like, okay, I must be the problem here. And we've seen in recent days that this problem was very legitimate and was growing in this family member and has, has exploded and I don't know that we could have done anything different, but I think looking back, I, I should have fought a little harder to say, like, this is going to just get worse Yeah. if we don't deal with it.
0: Yeah, no question. And I think as, as a young married man and you're working, you know, we, I had to make tens of thousands of dollars a month back in those days because of all the court costs and all the things we were dealing with. Um, but you're, you, you don't want there to be a problem. No. So you ignore it. Yeah. Or you just push it away. Or you get mad or angry, which I would do at you for trying to bring it up, Um, instead of stopping and being like we talked about on our last podcast, alert and awake, aware of what was happening in the family, in your heart, and then addressing it in a mature way instead of an immature first half stuck guy who wants Mm. everything to be perfect.
1: Well, it's just, you know, there's times in life where you're like, I can't deal with one more thing. Like, Absolutely. I remember and the time that the, the transition went out on the um, Suburban, and I sat in the parking lot of where it went out for, like, three hours. I didn't know. I was just frozen because we were going through so much, and we had so many responsibilities, and we needed a good thing to happen. We needed a breakthrough. We needed, we needed something to happen with our kids, something to happen with our finance. We needed good things, and every day it seemed like. And I thought, how am I going to tell this man? that the only reliable car that we have in the family of eight, now the transmission is out. I know we're looking at $3,000. We didn't have it. And so I just sat in the parking lot and cried because right. I didn't know what to do because that news was going to bring more anxiety into our family. And I thought, we can't handle one more centimeter of anxiety or fear. or or. So when you're looking at life like well, my job is to keep the peace or we're married, so we shouldn't have conflict. Instead of the truth is things are going to happen that we have no control over. And we get to decide how we're going to confront that together as a couple. And remember that even if we're upset, we're still partners and we still have the same goal. Yes. I didn't, you know, destroy our suburban so that you would have a huge bill you had to deal with. (laughs) Right yeah i was devastated by it but there was it wasn't anything we had done wrong we right. maintained the car beautifully and we took really good care of it that's just what life is right and if your perspective is we're always going to be happy and it's always going to work because happiness is the goal then you're then you're thinking i must have married the wrong person because right. i'm not happy
0: yes exactly <laughs> and by the way scripture never says we're supposed to be happy it's supposed to it says we're supposed to find the fruit of joy yeah. fruit of the spirit of joy.
1: What is the difference?
0: Well, so happy is I just get everything works and everything. I get to be happy and there's money and the bills are paid and all that, 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 that right? Through life. Joy is that I find joy even in the midst of suffering. Joy is Jesus taught us, right? Even when things are really, really hard, the, the transmission's out. There's no money. There's, there's six kids going crazy. We've got this sports thing. All the, you know, uh, Gary's going to be angry. All the things. Father, I just need that fruit of the spirit, Galatians five twenty two, of love. I just need to love really well right now. I le- I need joy, I need it. It's not an emotion, it's a it's a presence. It's who I become. That peace that surpasses all understanding. How do you have peace in the midst of your son's dead? Right? How do you have peace in the midst of there's no money? There's no way we're going to pay bills this month. We don't know what we're going to do, but I'm I'm at peace.
1: How do you have peace? when I've literally done everything that was mine to do and it still crashed and burned yeah. or it fell apart. or And I think that the, this perspective of this myth has, has coded an entire generation. Yes, I agree. And it is now we've got people in their 40s, their 30s, maybe even their late 20s, that their whole perspective is if my parents had been perfect, mm-hmm. I would have had a good life. And now they're in therapy and the constant question is, am I going to confront my parents about this? Am I going to – I have to look back into my childhood and I have to speak to my inner child. Well, okay, but that perspective is a lie. That's a myth that if your parents had been perfect, you would be happy. And if you, keep, if you keep going back to that source, you're going to be disappointed every time you go to Absolutely. therapy. And
0: so, yeah, do you need to go get healed from some of that? Absolutely. Yeah. But you get the tools and you move on. Yeah. You don't stay there. The
1: idea is to overcome. Overcome. Yes. That's the point of being a human. Is and we it's the only way to overcome.
0: your marriage will ever stand So true. is overcoming individually and together. So strike happiness. It's a myth. You're not born to be happy, but joy. You're born, born to be full of joy,
1: but joy <laughs>
0: and joy in sex, and joy, joy doesn't
1: in, go away. It doesn't go away. It's there.
0: It's what. It's who you become, oh, and your marriage it. becomes that.
1: Okay. Do you want to do one more?
0: Yeah, let's do one. Okay.
1: I have more. Let's go. I always have too much information. Right. You know me. Okay. <laughs> so another myth is sex happens infrequently in marriage.
0: Sex happens infrequently.
1: Yeah. I. This is the. This is the. Uh, perspective is that you're super horny and want each other before you get married. But after you get married, that just goes away. Oh my gosh. How depressing is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you
0: saw the sprinkler system go up (laughs) yesterday, you're like, that's you on the weekends. I'm like, okay, baby. Uh,
1: (laughs) that's how my (laughs) mind works.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah, that is, that's a myth for sure.
1: Like married people don't like each other. They don't have fun together. It's one more thing you have to deal with and you know anything that was good before you got married is now a place of pain. Yeah and it's,
0: it, it's mostly a mental state, right when you get there. If you're in that space of I just uh, I just don't find pleasure in our sex life and that's a mental thing, not a physical. Hmm. You blame it on physical, but in your mind you've got so much resentment and anger and these myths that you had in your mind are they're failing. I'm not happy. Your, I don't get to have my career and raise my kids. It's all his fault. There's not a million dollars. So, I don't get so, to golf. Right, it's all her fault. Right, exactly. And so when I, when I mentally am always there, then yes, that's going to reflect my sex life.
1: I know what yours is. What's mine? Yours is um, that you'd have so much money if I didn't spend it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not a myth. That's, that is pure fact. My
1: argument is I am taking care of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. It's confession time on the Black Try podcast. Uh, no, I, I honestly, that's really true. And I think uh, sometimes, and I want to say this, all you have sometimes is good
1: sex. That's really true.
0: Right? I think yeah. that's why God gave it to us.
1: Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> true. If that's I can like... have
0: an incredibly in- enormous orgasm with my wife at the same time, or for her, multiple um, I I celebrate and want that.
1: That's a good day. And,
0: and and there were times in our marriage that's all we had. Yeah, there was no money. The kids were just out of control. <laughs> there the cars broke. All the things, right? And something we just would come together. We couldn't
1: get a break anywhere for years. It was like we right. were being punked. Right. But we it, we could have turned against each other and resented it. But we kept we kept finding each other, finding and, each other, and realizing like, dude. We're in this together, and I need you, and you need me, and let's have some fun.
0: Yes, exactly. And we did, and we do. Yeah. And now it's better than ever.
1: I know, babe.
0: Is it? Yes. <laughs> to T- it. Talk to me, babe. <laughs> Hello. our name comes not- up
1: every time we do a podcast. I love it. It's good. I think people hate us because No, of no, no. It. Okay, well, the truth is. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> what's the truth?
1: Um, <laughs> being unmarried leads to frequent satisfying sex. But the opposite is actually true. That's the, the myth. Researchers have found that about 25% of married people have sex two to three times per week. Rookies. And <laughs> less than 5% of single individuals have sex this often. This <clears throat> frequency is no doubt due to the fact that married couples have a convenient partner with whom to share emotional intimacy and freedom from fear of rejection. Wow. This is, to me, the biggest lie out there. Okay. This lie that multiple partners and new experiences right. is where satisfaction lies, and I think you—if ha- you—it's so sad—if you've given your life Jesus. to a covenant where in with a person that you are you're attracted to everything about them, and life is going to come at you and bring out some ugly stuff, and you get to find each other, but to invest long term fulfillment into the same person and to know them. What makes sex great is the intimacy that comes out of safety mm. and familiarity. Mm. Like I cannot even imagine you and I talk about this all the time. If one of us is going to die, it's going to suck. Actually, I think we're going to film and Louise it, but uh, I hope so. Yeah. We're just going to go off a cliff together. But <clears throat> the thought of like any man touching me besides you or, Anything? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. like that thought at all. But it is like, it's not like you're an old raggedy blanket. It's like you are home. Yes. You know, because no matter how beautiful the trip you just went on was, my dad used to always say the point of vacation is so you appreciate your home. Mm. Because we're always ready on that last flight to get to our bed, Absolutely. to get to our shower, to you know, those sheets that smell like home, that, that view that whatever it is, your dog, your, your kitchen, the way your coffee is set up in the morning. That's what a good marriage is. Is like, yeah, I get to go do all these things because life is amazing, but I get to go home. Mm, that's so good. The opposite of thinking like my whole life has to be an exotic vacation, which is what's being sold pretty hard to Absolutely. this generation. Right. And it feels so empty to me and so sad. I would, that's why I never want to go on a girls' trip because I would tell you, like, if I'm at the beach, I want to be having some sex. Right. You know, I don't want to be a bunch of, bunch of women. <laughs> I want to be with you. And maybe that's not normal. Maybe I'm healthy. I don't know. But I think, like, if you're at the beach with me, home is with me. Hmm. And there's safety in that. And there's beauty in that. And there's intimacy in that. And I, I think that's what everyone's looking for. Yeah,
0: and it goes back to what we said on our last podcast with Mark Thirteen. It's, it's like the second coming of Christ. It just is always coming. It's always getting better. Mm-hmm. It's always producing and reproducing life if we allow it to. And that's what sex and marriage does. Yeah. Um, and so multiple partners and
1: you can't be intimate. There's with no multiple intimacy. People, you can't be no. safe with multiple people. You can't.
0: If your whole goal is f- complete pleasure. That's one thing. Yeah. If you're uh, if you have a goal of if I you're a wanna... Herodian, yeah. If you're right, if your other goal is I want the pleasure, and I want it to see the pleasure with this person, like I want to experience the pleasure of this with this person that I'm so deeply that's in love intimacy, with. Yeah. Right. That's intimacy, and so and that's why Jesus to the church, right? As Christ is to the church, it's the mystery. It's like it just keeps getting better and better and better, right? And so when we when we are aware and awaken that. And we know that, yeah. And we know right now this is a tough season, and the kids are crazy, and they're coming in. And we've said this a thousand times: don't let your kids sleep in your bedroom. Right. Put them in their bed, with
1: the exception of a sick child or a of kid course. that had a nightmare. Of course, of course, we didn't like tell our kids they could never like. We'd have all, a bad
0: dream, and they'd come and get in yeah. bed for a while, and then we'd put them back.
1: But we didn't let the arms and legs of, well, I call them drunk. Um, cocaine infused orangutans. That's what it's like to sleep with children. <laughs> well, destroys your sleep. Yes. You know, and then you're miserable the next day. Because now we get
0: our grandbabies and, and they, they do like sleep in our bed. With and I do love the
1: cocaine infused <laughs> orangutans. And going in like my throat. We'll, just, we'll look at each other at like 2.30 in the morning and you've got like a hand over your face and somebody's hair is over. And we're like, we're smiling because you're like, oh my God, they're so cute. Like everything they do is magical. But it's only for a weekend, right. right? And so if you if those are your we children can give them back. we can give them back. But when people are doing that and that you know that can become like you know, I have told you I, I I know women that use their children as a barrier against intimacy with their husband. Absolutely. In the same way a husband might use his job or his hobby or whatever as a barrier against intimacy with his wife. Yes. And that's that has to be looked at. Well, and and
0: it's a reality of a young marriage. Yeah. That does happen. And then what's the, what's the the true reality is, okay, we need to be aware of this. We need to be alert. This is happening and we need to have the hard conversations. Yeah. And if we need to bring somebody else in, a coach or a therapist or something, we, we have to have these conversations, but it's worth having those conversations.
1: Well, and I, I used our marriage therapist when we were young, um, as an opportunity to say what I wanted to say, but I didn't feel like I could say without someone else there. Sure. Cause 'Cause I, you'd you'd get upset and then I'd get shut down and then it was just, a horrible thing. It's a complete cycle. Poor you, though. We'd get in that room and I was like, here's 20 wow. things that have been pissing me off for the last 10 years. love those Santa. times. Well, they were great. Remember as we walked out the door, she was like, don't use it against each other. I'm like, whatever, lady. <laughs> I'm going to blast him the second <laughs> we get back in the truck. <laughs> You're not there. You can't Ooh, stop us. We are going to so have too. a fiery fight. Yeah, We're going to scream as loud as we can until we get back home with the kids. And, like, and even hey, use the hey, divorce word. Oh, oh the D word. Okay. I what's another? Another myth. All right, last. We have two more. Do you want okay. to do this or you want to wrap it up? Okay. Let's go. Love is all you need.
0: Love is all you need. Little Beatles. Um, what do you mean by that?
1: That's a myth that love is all you need or that love is enough or that love conquers all. Ultimately, the love of God does conquer all. But to put that on a human and to say that, that love is all you need, you need more than that. You need communication. You need a partnership. You need to understand the purpose of your marriage. You need to understand how you're going to parent together. You need to. These are conversations that are going to happen over years, and mutual respect for the, what the other person brings to the table is is key.
0: Well, and, and, and we actually asked this question on all things marriage relationships today on the Facebook page group, um, and the and the answers have been interesting. Um, I finally said on there, it's. When I love myself, you know, Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's like the greatest thing we can do. It's hard for us to love ourselves unless until we learn that it's just God loving God. Mm. When I love myself, it's just God loving God inside of me.
1: You better be careful with these phrases. Well, it's so true.
0: I mean, it's I don't care It is true because it is true. (laughs) And so if I'm going to love my spouse properly, it's God loving my spouse through me. Right? That's the only way when you're angry and bitter and going and cussing and whatever, right? I have to go, I either get angry and go back, which I can do, or I can say, Father, how do I love my wife really well right now? I need you to love her through me because I need to see what's happening, what's going on behind this. This is the secondary emotion. Her heart is hurt. I've done something to really hurt her heart or she wouldn't be doing this. Father, I need you to love my wife through me. So show me that. And that's how that intimacy builds. That's how you can slow down and be alert and be aware and stop and listen to how the Father wants you to love your spouse. That's how true love
1: happens. And there was two incidences that have happened to us in the last month that that the way you handled it was brilliant. you know, you'll, sometimes you'll be in your office working and I'll just come plop down in front of you like, you should stop whatever you're doing and have a conversation with <laughs> me. You do this me. often. But I yes. bring you sandwiches sometimes <laughs> and that, that, I'm like, while he's chewing, he can listen. But there's been some real hurt and some real fear with um, some things that have happened in our family and in the greater scope of our influence in the last couple months. And I have honestly not known how to deal with it. Like, I, I'm like... You know, I talk to my girlfriends. I pray all the time. But when I sit down in front of you, it's because I trust you the most. And I know you're going to love me in my fear, but I know you're also going to call me upward mm. into it. And, and after two of these conversations about two completely different issues. Over that's that's month, a
0: good point to bring up when you said that. So don't forget, we don't call people out. We call them up. up. Yeah, that's really good.
1: But what you said to me, I think it... it Asking your spouse questions can actually make them ask themselves the question. And so when I was kind of rambling on about this two different situations, one that really hurt me and one that really scared me, and it, it was outside of you and I, but we knew all the players, and you looked at me after you listened to me ramble for the length of your sandwich and said, have I hurt you in this? Have I let you down? I said, no, no, not at all. And is there something you want me to do about this I had to think about that. Am I asking you to do something about this? One yeah. was my character was being defamed, and I <laughs> was like, "Aren't you going to punch someone in the face?" They they lied about your wife. You right. know, there's part of me that wants to do that, and part of me that would be like, "Dude, don't mm-hmm. don't punch her. <laughs> She's right. a low life yes. little individual. She's already suffering." But when you asked me that, I had to actually think about what am I? Why am I bringing this to you? Is it just because I need you to say? let it go, which sometimes you say to me, let it go. And sometimes you say, I don't know, what do you want to do about this? What's the Lord ask? What's the, But but where did I want you to come into that? And there was a time I was like, I want you to punch him in the face, right. you know, to be completely honest yeah. with you. And then we kept talking it through. And I realized, you know, that could be seen as manslaughter. <laughs> you could go to jail. We'd have all these legal <laughs> issues. Probably not worth it. Yeah, but probably could, not. And I'll punch him myself, honestly. Yeah. But that was a good thing to do is ask, like, what actually do you need from me right now? And sometimes, especially as women, we don't know. Yeah. And when you ask us that question, then we have to answer it.
0: Yeah. And the flip side of that would be if I come to you with something or I'm clearly quiet and you know my, you know, I wear everything on, on my sleeve. I'm like, uh, and there's something bothering me. Most of the time, I don't know exactly what that is. Usually I know before you bother me. Yes. <laughs> But you'll come to me to try to fix it, and I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to love me where I'm at and allow me to wrestle through what I'm wrestling through because, again, I don't normally know. And so it's really important to ask those questions. Yeah. Like, are you, do you need me to fix this for you? Yeah. And, and, and what can I do to do? how, How do I do that? How do I help you get there? And other times it's just to listen and not say a damn thing. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, and realizing that you were hurt and you were, um, fearful in the same situation it was affecting your life as well and it ended up just being a good conversation where we left it with like we don't have any we left it with we don't have any answers we don't know what to do but we're going to keep trusting the lord we're going to keep praying and we're going to keep having conversations which is
0: honestly the best place you could live
1: sometimes there is no answer
0: right just live in that liminal space you're in that hallway and you have no idea how to get to the door um together or apart and so you just get to trust the father and that's living by faith not by sight And that he is a good father, and he's actually going to get you there. And he does every single time. Yeah. Every single time.
1: But that's where the myth comes in that love is enough. It is good. It is important, but it is not. Yeah, I mean, mean, you have to have it. You have to have it. But there's like... There's more to it. And
0: it doesn't end your marriage when you don't have it in your emotions, when you're not feeling the love for your spouse. doesn't mean you get to leave your marriage.
1: Okay, so does it come back after you lose it? Well, absolutely,
0: <laughs> and it comes back better and stronger. It does. Because it comes back through the father it and does. his love, not your made-up emotional love that you had on your wedding day that fell fully apart and completely apart.
1: Well, and I was famous for you being gone and me dealing with the kids and cleaning one of the massive houses. And resenting with every wife, just resenting you, (laughs) resenting the children, questioning every choice I'd ever made. I just was like, how did my life end up here? And my brain is so switched in that now that when I think, I smile all the time when I think of you. Because you have shown up time and time and time again. You've proved Mm -hmm. to me that you're in this for the covenant you're not in this just for the emotion or just for the love or just to get your needs met. And so I no longer think of you as the enemy, wow. which I don't think you were the enemy back then. I think that's the way marriage a lot of times starts, especially when you start having kids, is I'm going to make this person the enemy and I'm going to put it all yeah, on Yeah, most
0: of the time that's what we've witnessed yeah. in our parents' marriages, that the other person is the enemy. Yeah. And, uh, and so we don't even know how to do it.
1: And the kids are like, I lived with both of you. You're both the problem. <laughs> yeah, You're both idiots. <laughs>
0: Hello. Last one. Last myth.
1: Happy marriages happen when contribution, when the contributions are split 50, 50.
0: Happy marriages happen, happen when the contributions, so all the workload
1: 50, 50. So I mean, I, okay. This is something that is fascinating to me is we, um, because we work with a lot of young couples like over the past 20 years, uh, (laughs) maybe I should have been a 1950s housewife, but I just never understood this is the decision was made in several of the couples that we worked with that now that there's a baby, she's going to stay with the baby because she's breastfeeding. So that makes sense. I mean, God did give us certain purposes with our bodies that other people can't do. And he's going to go to work and you're going to come back at the end of the day and work together, whatever it is. But, um, I can't tell you how many young women that they felt like if they weren't sleeping, their husband shouldn't be sleeping, mm. and that really always bothered me because when we had little children and when I had little children with someone else, my attitude was, I have, I have, there's a potential for me to rest my eyes for a minute when I'm breastfeeding the next day or maybe when someone takes a nap, but he's at work. They, they don't allow that at most <laughs> companies, you know. Take and, that nap. and I didn't feel like I needed him. I remember this young woman's like, every time the baby gets up, he changes the baby's diaper. And then he watches me while I breastfeed. And I was like, mm. what time does Joe have to be at the uh, construction site? And she's like, he's got to be up by 4.30. And I'm thinking, well, wouldn't our marriage be more fun if one of us slept? You know, like, why is this? But this was like, if I'm being tortured, he needs to be tortured in the same way. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, are you going to go to work today and have his foreman yell at you? Yeah. You know, are you going to take, when he's so exhausted that he makes a mistake at work, are, are you, are you going to catch that? Or is that just something he's going to have to carry? And that goes from this 50-50, like, if I'm suffering, you have to suffer. I promise you, if you're married for more than a few minutes, you are going to suffer in ways your spouse doesn't, and they're suffering in ways that you can't even begin to understand. Absolutely. Because you don't have the same anatomy, you don't have the same calling, you don't have the same purpose. Men and women have different purposes, and so we're going to suffer in different ways in that. And if you always look at, it's all 50-50. And everyone's keeping track of that. You're gonna have a crappy marriage.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, there's gonna and, be
1: so much resentment.
0: Oh my gosh. And you know, I, I like the statement. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent, because it's sac- That's sacrificial. Yeah. Right. But again, we talked about what Breanne Brown. Brene. Brene. I can't. I don't. Why say can't anything. you? Say I
1: don't.
0: Brene. So smart. Brene talks about you know. Maybe Lisa has 80% tonight and I have 20 because it's been a really hard day.
1: Which is never true. Well, I'm always at 10 and you're always <laughs> <the best.
0: laughs> <laughs> at Okay. Almost well, every we're morning not you at look confession. at me like, well, stop well, confessing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that I need to make that up. Yeah. And and I think that's so true. Or we're both at 20. And so what are we going to do? Let's make a plan right now. Yeah. I need a bath. You need a glass of whiskey. Let's figure out the, how we manage the kids tonight, right? Um, and so, and make a plan around that. And so now you're working together, not against each
1: other, because we have the same goal, the
0: same goal in life, which is to what?
1: This family, the this family, is the mission of this family, and the is mission is to of this produce marriage.
0: kingdom on the planet, exactly, and it's to be an example kingdom in our weaknesses. He is strong. When our family is weak, when our marriage is weak, he is strong. Yeah, And we and you, you've got to get there in your mind and let it get into your heart. God's going to get us through this. He really is going to walk us through this. I mean, we had a, a young married, we were coaching the other night, and they, they were going through a really hard thing that they thought was going to end their marriage. And we said, guys, this is just a big part of it.
1: This is a speed bump. This baby. is a little speed bump.
0: <laughs> and, and because of both of your responses and your repentance and your humility in your anger— in your frustration, that's a really good thing. That's a
1: really good thing. Yeah. And I was so hopeful for them when we got off the phone oh, because man. they were both so humble in it. Yes. And they both kept looking, as young as they were, they both kept looking at the bigger picture, not just that they have children together, but the bigger picture of this, God put us together for a reason, that's to bring kingdom to the earth. Mm-hmm. If we let this thing destroy us, we will We will not just not bring kingdom, we'll bring the opposite. Exactly, because our divorce and our our hatred towards each other is going to go down through the generation. Absolutely, and I'm not saying that there's not times where you absolutely have to separate. Yes, because it is an absolute disaster, and yes. one is not. You know, it's both that, have that, to humble yeah, themselves.
0: Absolutely, and if there's obviously sexual abuse, physical abuse, yeah. emotional abuse, um, you you know that you that's a different level of things that but you. We
1: don't deal with a ton of that so much in divorces as we do of just the fact that these myths are in the back of our head, and we keep using those as a measuring stick for the health or the beauty or the purpose of our marriage. Yes. Got to go back to the original purpose, which this is a life-giving entity that we are bringing kingdom to earth with our family, with our marriage. It's bigger than us.
0: And it's going to reproduce and recreate life Yes, in everything we do.
1: Through the cycle of overcoming and humility Mm. and overcoming and humility because when you when you look at life as that day when this happens when we have that house we have that car or or this kid leaves or this kid stays or whatever it is then that becomes your god and that's your focus instead of the perspective that i have no idea what's going to happen today and a lot of it i'm not going to have control over right but we're going to deal with it
0: yeah and guys, and we'll end with this together. Y- you have to deal with it. So, you know, we, we have young couples in our lives. They just party all the time and they're just going to this concert or that event or that. They don't want to deal with each they other. They don't want to deal with each other. Yeah. And then we have older couples that we we deal with that never f- f- actually dealt with those things Yeah. and they've made their kids, their idols and now their kids are gone. So they're on FaceTime with them every single night because they don't want to deal with each other. And And they'll
1: serve their kids and their grandkids, but they refuse to serve their spouse.
0: They won't. Yeah. They will not serve their spouse. Yeah. And that's why guys were saying you've, you've got to deal with these things when they come up, live in the now, have the hard conversations, speak the truth in love. Yeah. Right. Don't like you said, you hated the confrontation and I would come too confrontive because I could take your legs out from under you. Yeah, you could. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could. (laughs) Um, and and that was that was sin. It was pure sin, right? And so me having to learn how to manage anger and get help for that, how to actually have a legitimate conversation, because my first marriage was so much abuse,
1: it's just volatile all the time,
0: all the time, adultery and physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, everything. And so I just looked at anything that would come up. Oh my God, here we go again, mm. right? And I had to retrain my brain renew my that mind. I wasn't trying to hurt you. No. I was trying, but I saw I was it that trying way. to
1: partner with you. Right. Yeah.
0: Let that reality come into my heart of who you were. Yeah. And then we worked through those things together. And it took time. Right. And that's okay.
1: And I also had to learn what to bring to you and what just to take to the Lord or what to talk to a girlfriend about. And right. you know, we've talked about that before is You are my best friend, but you don't need to know everything. Absolutely. If I I have, you know, wise women around me that I need to discuss this with or, you know, both of us went and got some soul care last week and... We didn't go together, we went separately. And it was, you know, you you have to continually work on who you are, this idea that your spouse is gonna fulfill everything, that puts way too much pressure on them, they're going to fail you, and you're gonna be disappointed, instead of taking personal responsibility and going to the Lord and then asking him like, what do I bring to him and when? Yes. Not at the end of the day when everyone's exhausted or kids are screaming, this is not a good time to bring it up, you do have to be strategic and minimize your words. Yes. Don't go on for two hours (laughs) or three hours or four hours, and this whole like, (laughs) don't go to bed angry. Oh my god, go to bed. (laughs) Go to bed, (laughs) sleep it off. Get some coffee in the morning. Sit on the couch. Okay. So yeah,
0: sometimes you're gonna go to bed angry, and that's okay.
1: That's okay. You'll wake up angry. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) You can pick up right where you left off. I guarantee you, you won't forget what you want to say. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. (laughs) All right, any more myths, babe? There's so many more, but we can just keep going. All right, we'll
0: we'll get on the next one. Thanks, baby. I love doing this with you. I know you do. You're pretty awesome. I know. See you guys.